0: This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Share the program with a friend by telling them to visit latestpod.com for free, or by buying them an iPhone 12 and loading it with all 58 episodes for $799 with an eligible 5G wireless plan. Either way, enjoy the show. It's Monday, October 19. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. The Trump campaign is accusing Twitter and Facebook of censorship. Twitter facing criticism after limiting the reach of a New York Post story about alleged smoking gun emails. This was mass censorship on a scale that America has never experienced, not in 245 years. Those voices are discussing social media censorship, instances in which a public post is taken down from a social network for reasons other than not getting likes quickly enough and deciding to delete it yourself. After Twitter and Facebook restricted the spread of a questionable news story about Joe Biden's son, social media users across the country began to echo a similar concern. If you can't trust the people whose companies gobble up each and every piece of personally identifying information in order to churn out micro-targeted advertisements so accurate that it makes it seem as if your smart speakers are listening to your each and every word, who can you trust? Last week, the New York Post published a dubious article concerning alleged emails found on Hunter Biden's laptop, which were discovered when a computer repair shop owner fired up a MacBook, clicked the little magnifying glass in the corner, typed in worthless, unsubstantiated information, and after being presented with a hundred thousand messages from J. Crew, each claiming to be the last chance to take advantage of a 40% off sale, the technician went on a slightly less disingenuous route and mocked up some fake-looking PDFs instead. This quote-unquote news, a term like Starbucks coffee that only bears a slight resemblance to its original intent, arrived at the post by way of respected journalists Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon, the modern-day Woodwards and Bernstein that helped break the story revealing that Hillary Clinton was the lizard that shot down JFK Jr.'s plane. Having originally failed to meet the editorial standards of other news organizations, Twitter soon banned links to the Post article for violating its policy on distributing private information that was obtained by hacking, believing that tweets should remain exclusively in the safe and trustworthy domain of food companies pretending they're your casual acquaintance, screenshots of apologies by celebrities written in the Notes app, and real-time bad jokes about that fly on Mike Pence. Declining to take down the story entirely, Facebook instead chose to reduce its reach, ever so slightly mitigating the influence of the stupidest person you ever took a yoga class with among its network of baby boomers, oblivious suburbanites, and unpopular millennials. But on Friday, Twitter bowed to pressure from conservative voices and unbanned the article from its platform, allowing the misinformation to spread its wings and fly once again, freeing the pigeon to identify additional statues onto which it can disseminate its knowledge. The right has long complained that social networks are suppressing their voices. Donald Trump Jr., for instance, believes he gets fewer likes on Instagram because the platform intentionally limits the reach of his content. And not because the general plot of a guy who buys thousands of copies of his own book in order to sneak onto bestseller lists isn't a story worth tapping on. But as New York Times tech columnist Kevin Roos points out through his Twitter account, at Facebook's top ten, which chronicles the highest performing Facebook links on a daily basis, left-leaning content is routinely outperformed by right-leaning voices, such as Donald Trump for president, Franklin Graham, Dan Bongino, Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder, and the other types of people who would refuse to appear in a racist reboot of Hollywood Squares, not because it's racist, but because it's filmed in Hollywood. It's no help that the Wall Street Journal also reported that Mark Zuckerberg signed off on a Facebook algorithm change in 2017 that reduced traffic to progressive news sites, instead prioritizing the likes of Blue Lives Matter because Blue Lies Matter more to the company's bottom line. And as for Twitter, limiting the reach of certain types of content is less like a Wolfman silver bullet and more like a Coors Light silver bullet that reeks of an impulsive drunken decision. The MIT Technology Review reported that shares of the Hunter Biden article doubled once the article was suppressed, spreading its reach even further. There's no need to cover your hands when you sneeze if you're going to wipe them all over your followers. After Twitter restricted the link to the Post article, the head of the FCC released a statement indicating that he would soon be clarifying Section 230, a piece of the 1996 Communications Decency Act that protects Internet companies from material posted by their users. It doesn't matter how awful your cousin's band's album is on SoundCloud. It's legal. Many, including Mr. Trump, want to see the law repealed in order to punish tech companies for, unlawfully, restricting the spread of that beheading video enshrined in your newsfeed by the Constitution. Others, like Democratic Senator Ron Wyden, believe that eliminating the law would make tech companies even more fearful of removing or labeling misinformation, allowing improv shows over Zoom to continue calling themselves entertainment. The law was written when the internet was relatively young. And just like Zachary Ty Bryan's business manager, any attempt to course correct will likely carry plenty of unintended consequences. But what's clear to me is that today's approach isn't working. By the time Twitter or Facebook deems a link worthy of being taken down, it's too late for a quick power wash, because the graffiti's already settled into the brick. Now, short of repealing Section 230... The tech world has proposed several novel solutions to the situation. Online identity verification, restricting free access for advertisers to personal data, replacing the Facebook icon on your home screen with a picture of an Aerosmith album to ensure that nobody touches it, even by accident. None of these ideas are necessarily perfect, but no matter how this gets approached, whether it's through legislation or companies changing their business models to disincentivize the spread of harmful content, the long road traveled to get to a solution to this problem will surely resemble what it's like to use social media in the first place. A huge waste of time. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. truly. My guest today is pop culture expert Eve Kruger. Eve? Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Greg. On Monday, OJ shared his thoughts on journalist Jeffrey Tubin, who was suspended from The New Yorker and other media organizations after appearing to pleasure himself on camera during a teleconference. Damn, Jeffrey Tubin. At least Pee Wee Herman was in an X rated movie theater. I'm just saying. Eve, what do you think about what OJ had to say? On the one hand, Jeffrey Tubin was in his home and PB Herman was not in a private place, he was in an adult movie theater. On the other hand, a lot of the commentary around this is missing the fact that no one should be masturbating on a work call. Mhm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Eve, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Greg. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, please subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, other weird apps. They're all weird. Just subscribe. I'm I'm begging. I'm on my knees begging you. At underscore Greg Ott on Twitter. Yeah, right. Latestpod.com if you want to read the show. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean what? I'll be hearing you okay, I have a case for not doing this. <laughs> what? This is 10 seconds at the end of the show. If the listeners have listened to about 60 episodes, that's 10 minutes of their life. They're never getting back with a million This is not a This bit is not a minute. 10, this is only a couple of seconds. 10 seconds over the course of 60 episodes equals 10 minutes of their life oh, equals 10 million minutes if you uh, count for all ten million minutes. Yeah if you count for a million See you soon and by see you soon (laughs) (laughs) I mean you'll be seeing me soon and by hear see you soon I mean see you soon (laughs) and by see 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 you you soon I mean hear you soon and by hear Uh, you you soon I mean you'll be hearing me soon and by hearing me soon I mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast.